Hello and welcome to another episode of Can't Stop the Growth. I'm your host, Chad Peterman, and today we have a very special guest on the podcast who is a mentor of mine and someone that I talk to uh, on a frequent basis uh, as it relates to leadership and, and running a successful company. And as we always talk about on the podcast, growing our people. Uh, without any further ado, I uh, would like to introduce the president of Anthony's Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric, Kent Gursky. Welcome to the podcast, Kent. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it. It's an honor to be on here. Awesome. Well, I know you have a, a ton of knowledge and we'll, we'll jump into some of the stuff that uh, I think is really unique that you do with your team um, there that we have uh, shamelessly stolen from you uh, and now do uh, in our organization and just the way you're, you're affecting the lives of those on your team. Um, I guess to start out, why don't you give us a little bit of background and, and maybe how you got into the, the trades and kind of kind of where you are today. Okay. I was fortunate enough, so grew up in the, from the Midwest, but uh, grew up in Southern California. And um, at 18 years old, really didn't have a, a lot of, uh, I was going to community college, and didn't really have much of anything as far as work ethic or a plan or direction. And I uh, was fortunate enough to um, meet a young woman um, that I started dating and ended up marrying, uh, that, whose father had a, a plumbing company. Uh, and uh, so I began working with him part-time while I was going to community college and, and having a weekday job. And I never really set out to be a plumber or work, work with my hands. Um, but I began, uh, he kind of took me under his wing and uh, began teaching me a trade. Um, after a while, I, I um, began to really like the trade. And I liked the idea of, um, I liked the sense of completion. I liked problem solving. And um, I liked, certainly liked the industry um, as far as the potential to, to provide for my family. And um, so began working for him full time. And uh, at the age of 25 in, in Fullerton, California, started my own little company and um, had a, a, certainly not equipped to run a company in any way. I was fortunate enough to have two wonderful plumbers. One was my brother-in-law and another one, um, was just phenomenal. There were no maintenance required, zero leadership. And um, we, we had a nice little company. Didn't know a lot about the business, um, kind of lived month to month and, um, and just really was a technician owner. We, uh, after a few years, um, about 13 years later, I uh, convinced my wife and my in-laws to uh, move back to Kansas. And I started another small company uh, from scratch, which um, I would never do again. And um, struggled, had some ups and downs, and, and then was blessed enough to um, meet a gentleman named uh, Steve Burbridge, uh, walked over to my booth at a home show uh, in, in Kansas City, which is where we're located, and um, we struck up a friendship. And oh, about 11 years ago, he asked me to come in and uh, run their plumbing department, which was, at the time was a fairly small company and certainly a small department, found out very quickly what leadership was. And, and that I was not prepared for it. Um, so began the plumbing department, ran that for nine months. And then his partner uh, retired and went into teaching and they made me the operations manager. Certainly not prepared for that. Um, that would be nine years ago. And um, I'm sure we'll get into it. Uh, the, a long, uh, bumpy path of, of growth and development uh, that has certainly changed my life um, for the better. 
over the last nine years. Um, we were 52 employees when I came to Anthony, and now we're at about uh, almost 240. So that's the path to where I am now. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think there's a lot to, to unpack there as, as it relates to your story. One of the things, uh, and I guess I, I asked this question as, as knowing you today, uh, you know, we've known each other for about a year or, or so. What would you say are some of those things that you mentioned a couple of times in there that, you know, I wasn't ready for it or, you know, wasn't prepared to take on the, the challenges of leadership? What were those things, if you look back on those early days, you know, starting your own company is no small feat. What are some of those things when you were, that you may have been doing in those early days that you didn't realize were leadership type principles back then that you didn't even know about, but that you look back on now like, hey, yeah, that's a that's a really good tenet of, of leadership. I think in praise, so being positive early on, again, didn't really consider myself a leader, but um, just always supportive, always positive. I think I get that from my, my father as far as the two or three employees that we had as a small company, just very positive and upbeat, I think was, was what I was doing back then that, that certainly translated over to, to the position I have now. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing for, for all leaders is to show you care. It seems simple, um, yet sometimes in the day-to-day, -day, and especially in an industry like ours where, you know, emergency service, if the customer calls, we come a-running, um, and it's easy to forget that, that care and compassion that's needed uh, to lead others into situations, circumstances that, you know, are not the best. The customer's in a bad spot, you know, um, and it may be late, maybe early, whatever it is, we're, we're there to take care of the customer. What were maybe some of those things that you were most surprised about uh, that, uh, you know, early on you didn't recognize, but as you continued on your leadership journey that you found like, oh, wow, I would have never in a million years thought that that would be something that would be critical to, to leading others. Listen, well, I mean, there's so many things. First of all, really the ability and the understanding of, of how to listen to people. I think I, I was extreme. I, I, my wife might tell you, I'm not still not a great listener, but really the importance of listening or, ref, or reflective or active listening and the engagement and how that impacts people when you do it well and when you don't do it well. I would say really learning how to listen first and foremost, and then really understanding the need as a leader or someone that is aspiring to be a leader is that you have to commit to grow it. You have to be intentional. So the law of intentionality with Maxwell, you have to be intentional about growing every day and it never stops. Being a technician and coming into an office setting or a leadership setting you know, I think the first thing at least I thought of was that I've, I've arrived. Um, hey, I've, I've got my dream job when really it's just you're using the other side of your brain skills that you haven't acquired or mastered yet. And you've got to grow. You have got to commit to growing at, at a daily intentional rate or, or it can be a very difficult job coming in as a technician into leadership. Um, and I didn't recognize that in, in any way at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, that from what my perspective of what I've seen is it, it, a lot of times we have to, we have to ask the right questions and be there to listen because 
Um, those we're leading may have had a bad experience in the past where they weren't listened to or, you know, wherever, wherever it is, there was a gap there where they are somewhat reticent to even share their feelings or where they are or their frustrations or their, the hurdles that they may be uh, trying to overcome. What would you say, do, do you try to, what, what are a couple of key takeaways that, that a listener might be able to utilize uh, as it relates to listening or improving one's listening skills, maybe some techniques that you use or try to teach to your people uh, who, who are managing others? I'm writing it down. So I, I, because I'm not a listener and I don't have a very good attention span, you'll find that I, I, I always have a notebook with me. Um, or if I'm leading a meeting with a group of people, I'm at the whiteboard writing and I make it very clear to them, I'm writing this down for me. This has nothing to do with you. And I think the most important part of listening or a conversation is the follow-up is sending that email out to a leader or a technician or anybody that you're having a conversation with to say, here's what we talked about. Here's what I'm, here's my action plan. Here's your action plan. And basically what I'm telling that person is I heard what you said, what you said matters to me. Yeah. I was having a conversation with a gentleman who is a field supervisor currently for us. And, and we have an open role as a manager and he's, he's interested. And he asked me, you know, like, what, what's the main responsibility of this job? And I said that exact same thing to him. I said, the main responsibility is to follow up with people is if a, someone asks you for something, um, let them know, even if it's not accomplished, Hey, I heard you, I'm working on this. Hey, I've asked some people, I'm waiting on a response. Keep them updated, keep them in the loop. That's maybe three quarters of the battle. Um, and I think it relates back to that, you know, to that listening piece of, I heard you, I know it's important. Even if it's small, uh, you as a leader can make a ton of headway by just simply following through with what people are asking you to do. Where do you see there as it relates to you know, the, the law of intentionality. Uh, we're both huge Maxwell fans. Where do you see there to be some area where people could take advantage of uh, as it relates to kind of that intentionality and growing every day? Because I couldn't agree with you more, but where do you see maybe from a personal um, personal perspective or from, from those that are on your team where they're, they're using that law of intentionality to really push, push forward? That's well, part of our, so part of our leadership university is the 15 laws of growth. And we start with the law of intentionality. And the point of that is to understand each, each person going through that class creates a personal development plan. And, and I really tell them, this is really where it starts. <clears throat> um, the growth doesn't happen in this class. This growth happens number one with, with a written plan, but also that you've got to find someone else to help you. Human nature says that it's our, our completion rate is going to be pretty low if we're relying on just ourselves with our busy lives. And one of the things we do in that class is we split the class up in half and they create a small group. And when they come into class every week, the first thing they do is go over their PDP. We call it personal development plan or PDP together and talk to each other and hold each other accountable and talk about where they're struggling. And so if you're going to be intentional, it, I, you'll always hear me say it takes a village to, to grow a leader. You're going to have to include others and, and be vulnerable enough to do that. 
Absolutely. I love that uh, idea. Tell, tell us uh, the, the audience a little bit more about, because this is super unique, um, especially in the trades, about your, your uh, leadership program that you have there at, uh, at Anthony's. We just kicked it off a few months ago as far as a formal training program, but it is a, it, it is a program, it's a two and a half year program designed to take someone from technician all the way to GM if they want to run their own branch of Anthony or hopefully someday take my job or my position. And I think a lot of it's based on a lot of the mistakes that I made, but also again, we're, I've been very fortunate to meet a lot of other really good leaders and other good companies such as yourself to, to see what they're doing. And we, we took a lot of the best ideas to equip them to, to lead. And 1.0 just starts with basic the ideal team player by Patrick Lencioni, understanding the virtues that we hold that that really make up our core values, and then crucial conversations on how to have a good conversation because leadership is a is persuasion and you you need to be able to communicate and listen and understand um, you know what you bring to that conversation both the positives and the negatives. Um, so we've just begun that and and we're really excited about it. It's, it's, it's been great so far. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we do something similar and I think we've talked about this, but you know, we always came from the perspective of you got a lot of people who want to take that next step. They just don't know where to start. Um, mm -hmm. and so I think what you're doing is extremely commendable, uh, as far as giving people a roadmap. Um, you know, we're always, Hey, growth, growth, you know, you can grow, be intentional, all of this. And, and some who may have not been, you know, whatever, just exposed to that type of stuff, um, often find themselves, um, you know, kind of lost, like, hey, yeah, I'd love to do this. I'm super passionate about it, but where where do I begin? So I think that's fantastic. Um, and it obviously shows in, in your guys's, um, in your guys's success there. What would you say, um, if you're listening out there, and you're kind of in an individual contributor role, or, you know, in our industry, it's a technician, or or maybe a, uh, a CSR dispatcher or something like that, where you're individual contributor, what, what are those couple of things that you see kind of your top performers doing either within their position during their daily kind of work schedule or outside of it? Um, obviously, attending the, the leadership university is one of those things, but what else do you see your top performers doing um, that is moving them along in their kind of leadership journey? the need to grow. So whether it's, so finding someone to talk to, to find out how to grow either in their position or, you know, wanting a career path and going into leadership. So what, one of the people I've learned a lot from in this industry is a gentleman named Brandon Anderson, um, is a company of Morris Jenkins in Charlotte. And his philosophy was always that if you're not growing either as a technician, as a leader, as a, Call, and call center rep, um, the company will always grow. And if you're not growing, the company will leave you behind. And so anybody that has that desire to grow with the company in any form or shape is going to lead to success. And they will get noticed really quickly in this, in our organization. Yeah. So it could be just any type of book, any type of podcast. Um, it's one of the things we ask in, in the one, monthly one-on-one -on -one meeting is, um, you know, where are you growing? Um, what are you working on? Absolutely. Uh, and I think that that is kind of the, you know, the telltale sign of, are you really serious about this? Uh, you know, you see on everybody's 
you know, annual review that they want to be, they want to in five year, with their five year plan is to move up or to be a manager or to, you know, be a senior technician or whatever it is, but, you know, really where the rubber meets the road is taking action and, and to move forward. Um, we can't just work another year and expect to be closer to the goal. Um, it's great that we set the goal, but now what's the plan on how we're going to get there? Um, and I think kind of holding people accountable for that just produces tremendous results. I don't want them to make the mistakes I made. I mean, I wish someone from day one when I went into leadership said, okay, you need to start growing. What are you yeah. doing? What are you working on to grow as a leader? And I would have been like, I, I don't know, but yeah. I, I don't want them to replicate all the mistakes I've made. So or to regret to be a few years down the path and go, man, I, 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 there's a lot more I'd like to do, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that, that that's tremendous um, as far as, you know, that willingness to help, that willingness to serve. Um, ultimately, that's, you know, that's what leadership's about. Um, as it relates to growing leaders, so obviously you guys have placed a huge emphasis at Anthony's on growing leaders, providing them resources. What, uh, what kind of impact do you think that has on your overall culture at the company? I think, so as far as growing leaders, um, they become, uh, so one thing I've watched in the leadership um, university is you have people from different departments um, growing together. So it, it breaks silos or prevents silos from happening. So they're getting a perspective of what other leaders go through or what other departments, especially when you're talking about field and support. So they're getting a better understanding of each other and what they go through each day. And I think that's some of the feedback. So by, by having them grow together and giving them the resources to do that, it, it certainly makes it a tighter knit organization. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one thing sometimes that, that gets overlooked is, you know, growing leaders, it's like, well, you know, I don't know really where they're, where they have a path or anything like that. What impact would you say, you know, obviously it's affected your culture, but, but growing leaders within your organization, how, how do you think that's contributed to the, to the success and the growth that you've seen over, you know, the last, last couple of years? They're certainly engaged. They, uh, we, we communicate better, the level of engagement, um, a level of accountability or, or a level of self-awareness. I mean, how their words and how, how to listen and how to impact others. You know, pay and title just really only go so far. But I know Lencioni says that if people understand their role in the organization and how they impact it, then they'll, they'll, run, for a, they'll run through a wall for you. And, and they do. There's a, there's a greater calling when you equip them to be leaders and, and to, to equip them to serve others. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great point as far as, you know, I think when we grow people as leaders, we allow them to see their true why. Uh, their, their why is not send the technician to the next call or answer the next phone call. Uh, that's very tough to do. Uh, it's when we try to see success out of that's their why, I think is where we struggle. Um, it's when we unlock that, what are you doing personally? Uh, how are you growing as a person within your role uh, that's going to take you where you, where you want to go? 
do you have any any particular stories that you'd like to share as it relates to someone in your organization who maybe came in at a particular, you don't have to give names if you don't want to, but, you know, someone who came in at a, you know, individual contributor role or just, you know, an apprentice or something like that that's kind of risen up through your organization uh, into, uh, into a leadership role? And, and if so, uh, if you don't mind giving us a little bit of kind of how that story unfolded and then kind of what you saw in that person that, that led to their success. There's a lot, there's a lot of stories. Um, you know, I think the greatest, one of the things I'm most proud of is you, when you, when you take technical, so I'm a technical person. So we, 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 you know, we do a behavioral analytics or, you know, we understand, you know, we, we have a survey where we understand our, our natural behaviors and when you can, so I have several, several stories of someone that might be successful as a technician that is very high technical, but very low social ability, um, very, so introverted. And when you can equip them and, and give them tools to learn and understand um, and really that was my battle as a leader. Um, when you give them tools to understand how their words, how an introverted person that's highly technical that expects things to be perfect um, and can be very critical because that's, that's gotten them that far and very successful. When you can watch that growth of how they use their words and how to listen and impact others and watch them develop and almost just soften um, become less critical and better listeners and watch them impact and teach others to do the same. Um, that's where I, I would say that's one of the things I'm most proud of as far as our success. Yeah, I, I would say I've seen a lot of the uh, similar items um, uh, unfold here at, at our organization. Tell me a little bit more about, uh, you mentioned the concept of people who want things to be perfect and then watching, um, uh, watching them kind of transition into this imperfect world of leading people. Tell us a little bit about that transition and what that looks like. That's, um, <clears throat> yeah, that certainly was a battle for me. You know, Mark Cuban says that the enemy of growth and profitability is perfection. And when you take technical people, whether i.e. a technician or, you know, call center or someone that is very technical and very detailed, and you ask them to lead people and be okay with, and, and you know, Gus Hanto says done is better than perfect. Um, it took me years to be able to say that with a straight face. Um, you know, that's one of the things I talk about early on Leadership University is your results now are based on the, on the results of others. And they're not going to be perfect, and you're going to have to be okay with that. Um, that's a, that's a that's a big roadblock sometimes to overcome, and it takes a lot of you know listening. It takes and and as a leader, you've got to spend time with your people, invest in them, and understand their perspective. I.e., listen to understand that maybe their way is okay. It doesn't always have to be my way, and that's where you start loosening that grip on perfection. And, and and that's that can be a, a take months. It could take years for some technical people to do that. But once they get there, it's it's very rewarding um, from my on, from my perspective and watching them grow as well. 
Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And, and I would say that that is probably the one thing that I see. Um, I've really only been in this industry, but that I see people in our industry struggle with. And it's that that need to be perfect, uh, that need to follow the process A through G, whatever that looks like, and it follow it step by step by step by step. When in all actuality, leadership is about developing people. It's not about holding them to a strict process and letting them do it. How do you encourage managers within your organization to really kind of break free of that and focus more on the individual as opposed to, well, they're not following the process, so they don't know what they're doing. Uh, How do do you encourage managers? What kind of conversations have you had um, with those that are on your team as it relates to that particular topic? For us, it has to start with understanding your own natural behavior. So if the one thing I'd recommend for any leader or any organization, if you're not doing some type of test survey, whether it be DISC, we use culture index, there there are several out there that are effective. If you don't understand your own natural behaviors first, it's pretty tough. And then that leads into understanding the natural behaviors of your team. And there's no right or wrong. There's no right fit. There's no, but understanding the why, how people process things, how people communicate and listen, that really is, is where you start. You know, my story really is, I didn't start growing as a leader until, until we hired this company and the consultant that came with it. He, he, I consider him a mentor and he not only changed my professional life, but personal life. And that was because when my profile came back, it basically said in a nutshell, you want it done your way. You're not going to communicate very well. You want it done right now and you want it done perfect. And, and I looked at this survey and went, and I was really struggling as a leader and my team was struggling because of me. Um, I looked at this and said, that's who I am, but that's not who, that's not my heart. That's not what I want. And that's not who I want to be. And Jason was the one that really kind of started me on that journey of it can't be perfect and you're going to have to learn to communicate and listen um, or else you're going, to, you're going to have a hard time. And I was already having a hard time. So if, if, if you don't start with, obviously it always starts with us. If you don't understand your natural behaviors, um, it's, it's going to be probably, in my view, it's going to be a little bumpier journey. Yeah. I, I could not agree more. Um, we use the DISC assessment uh, here. Um, and oftentimes when we have a, 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 a personality conflict, we call it, uh, between a manager and, and someone, we often tell them to take a, uh, take a trip down to our big DISC wall where we have a huge chart with everybody plotted on it. And uh, everybody take a look at why is there a disagreement? And nine times out of 10, you can pinpoint the break in communication due to the fact of someone wants it their way, someone else sees it a different way. um, And we've got to come in the middle. We've got to, uh, someone told me once in in the disc is, you know, are, are you willing to bend towards those that you're leading and understanding that you're going to have all types of personalities on your team? Yeah, you may have the person that thinks identical to you, does it like you, all of that stuff. But in leader, as a leader, we're called to lead many, um, not just ourselves, uh, which, which I think is critical. I, I think that's interesting. The um, and, and a point that, that may get overlooked in leadership is looking inward. 
Um, it sounds like you've done a lot of, of self-reflection over the years as you've grown along your leadership journey. What, what impact would you say looking inward rather than outward uh, has played in your leadership journey? Leadership really is all about self-awareness and, and certainly coming into leadership, I, I, my self-awareness was pretty low. I, I always say leadership's the greatest gift and the greatest curse because you learn very quickly what you do well, but you learn very quickly what you do poorly um, because your actions and words impact others. And it, it certainly if you have any level of humility or, or servanthood, then that's, it's going to be eye-opening for you. I mean, I can tell you in the last five years, I've, I've changed so much as a person because again, the self-awareness and understanding being put into a position where you are in the spotlight and where people are depending on you and your actions impact not just them, but their families as well. You know, you, you do a lot of soul searching and, and, and you know, introspection really quickly um, or else it's, it's, it can be tough. Yeah, it's very easy to point the finger outward when you're the quote unquote manager or the leader and it's my way or the highway. Um, that was me, definitely. Yeah. There, there are, so there are stories, it's loud. So there is old Kent and new Kent. There's a lot of stories around here. Um, and it, luckily old new Kent's been around for um, four or five years, but they do share the stories of old Kent with a lot, some new leaders and they're always like, are, there's no way. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So this was micromanager running around the hallways, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it can be very transformative, certainly. I think as technicians, we like, I mean, you know, I was in the field for 23 years. I liked fixing things. And so you go into leadership and your view is that I'm here to fix things. So let's get it done. Let's do this, do it this way. And that's, that's great in the short term, but that certainly doesn't grow people and just create some micromanagement um, culture um, that will at some point limit your growth. Yeah, I think one of the, the best things that I've learned in leadership is people aren't going to change that much. You know, like your transformation is not one that I think would be maybe normal in that, you know, People are how they are. Um, and there's probably, I, I would assume that you would probably say that you still are quite a bit like you like you were before. You're just more self-aware of what what it is. It's, it's not that you've changed as a person. You just are more aware of how you come off to people, how people react to your style, different things like that. And I think that's important in leadership as well, is knowing that someone who is a very, you know, uh, you know, like a high eye is what we call it in disc of, you know, like they're not going to be great at details. So why are we putting them either putting them in a position or choosing to, you know, mandate that they come with a detailed bullet list of objectives? It's not going to happen. So um, as leaders, understanding who they are, how they receive information, I think is, is extremely critical. And I, I, I appreciate you pointing that out. Um, I always, I always say one of the things is I tell our, our leadership team is, you know, I, I would highly doubt that anyone on your team showed up to screw anything up today. 
like just came into work and said, I'm going to make your day a living hell uh, by doing literally everything wrong. Um, you know, it's more so, you know, as you said, looking inward and saying, well, if they're doing something wrong, how can I support them so that they do it in the correct process? Or, you know, where's the disconnect in that communication and, and, and listening um, that, that kind of breaks through there? What are some of those things um, as far as uh, the leaders on your team um, and maybe more so those, um, those leaders? And I know we've talked about this. You've got kind of team leads set up that are um, kind of between the, the quote unquote department manager and then your frontline people. What are, what are some of those qualities that you see in a good um, team lead, um, someone that's kind of on their leadership journey, um, but maybe leading more from the middle? So, you know, they're not making, they don't have the final say, uh, but they still do have some leadership responsibility. What, what are some of those qualities that you, that you see in, in your really good ones Do you think um, uh, you could share with, with the audience? Our culture is itself is built around the, the the book, The Ideal Team Player. So hungry, humble, smart is what we hire for. Um, you know, our hiring process is, we, we say it's like a shape. So we're, we're a triangle. We're looking for triangles to come and work for us. So it's the same with the field supervisor. As, as a technician bubbles up and is interested in the leadership, the first class they go through is hungry, humble, smart, or is ideal team player. And they begin to understand those virtues. And it's um, watching them go through that and really understanding what Lencioni means by smart or self-aware or emotionally intelligent, um, what hungry is, it's not necessarily the most hours or the, you know, the greatest revenue, it's, it's from a team perspective, and then really what humility is and, and the impact of humility. Um, that, that's, for the most part, what we're looking for. We are looking for the person that exudes those virtues more than anybody else, not necessarily the, the best tech technician or the best revenue producer. Yeah, awesome. I want to dive into that a little bit, uh, mainly because it's ironic. I was talking to a, a young guy who had reached out to me about some mentorship uh, yesterday, and he's trying to grow his team and um, totally outside of our industry. But, you know, he's like, well, what could I what could I do to and I go? Well, someone taught me a long time ago, uh, actually about a year ago, it was you, Kent, uh, that in order to in order to grow your people, you have to select the right person at the beginning. Um, and I said, you know, the biggest thing you could do is one, read the book that you just recommended, Ideal Team Player, but two, really get clear on who you are as an organization and what the people in your organization value. Uh, you know, how do they act? How do they talk? What are they about? How important is it to select the right person with the right qualities? It's, it's everything. I mean, culture is, you know, culture is what drives our organization. Um, you, when you, when you, we say HHS, when you find someone at HHS, they're teachable, they're coachable, they'll adapt, they'll serve. Um, so it really doesn't matter what role they're in. I mean, certainly technicians need to have, you know, technical ability. They need to, you know, know their trade, but um, you can look past any weaknesses um, and train those weaknesses if, if they hold those virtues. Uh, more importantly, they're committed to a team, um, to a team so it, we just get stronger. Um, 
and we and again we use the culture index or the, the behaviors as well hungry humble smart always trumps that so um it took us a while to figure out we, we used to hire based on the resume or um, you know their technical ability and we realized and again learned this a lot from marsh jenkins um that you, you hire based on culture and those will be you'll find more success that way and that certainly happened over the last few years for us 100%. We've seen much of the same. If we can find the right people, uh, the team becomes, it, it's almost like compa a compound effect uh, because you get them, you get their results, and then you get them helping other team members, and then their just willingness to grow. It sends whatever department they're in and, and really the company in general on a rocket ship um, the, of, of growth. Because when your people get better, well, the company's going to get better. And when you get better, you get bigger and uh, more opportunity comes and, and so on and so forth. So as we kind of uh, look to wrap up here um, and uh, I, I've really enjoyed the conversation um, and, and definitely think that, that listeners out there, if you're on your own leadership journey and, and, and continuing on, um, you can take a ton of stuff, uh, hopefully from this conversation and, and, and implement it right in your business right now. What's that one thing, you know, you've got a guy out there or a gal who, you know, it seems like they're, they're just beating their head against a wall uh, as it relates to growth and getting the right people on their team. What would you, what would you tell maybe, maybe that, uh, that young Kent who's starting his own uh, business, what would you tell that person um, as it relates to leadership that, that could really unlock some, some growth potential there for them? Find a mentor. So it, it, it's, like I said, it takes a village. Um, find one, two, three mentors. Um, find people that are doing it. Maxwell says bigger, faster, and better than you. Um, and and look to grow, look to emulate them, look to learn from them constantly. Um, it wasn't until, again, we, I, I began 2016 where I went out and sought a mentor and, and really started to grow. Um, I wish I would have done that from day one. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, one of the, uh, um, I guess you kind of call it creepy tips. I always talk about mentorship is the person who is mentoring you does not always need to know they're your mentor at first. Because uh, yeah. more than likely, if they're, you know, uh, you know, better than you are, they're probably busy. Um, and what you can offer them is probably far less than you can gain from them. And so, uh, you know, you've mentioned, uh, you've mentioned Morris Jenkins a couple times. I'll tell my, my creepy story is that um, they've been my mentor far longer than, uh, than they know. Um, and, you know, you, you can, uh, it's amazing what you can find on the Google uh, and follow everything they're doing and listen to everything that they're doing and then try to emulate that. So, um, you know, Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to reach out and ask somebody, hey, will you be my mentor and fear of rejection, different stuff like that. Uh, the way that I've always found is you can always provide value to someone, regardless of who they are. Um, so if you read a book and think that they may benefit from it, send them a book. If you think that you read an article and they may benefit from it, send them something. Um, give, give, give. Uh, finding a mentor is a lot like leadership. Uh, look to serve uh, and, and they'll, they'll eventually, um, you know, reciprocate and people want to help those who are willing to help them or who find alignment um, with, uh, with what they're doing. So I always throw that creepy tip in there. Um, 
it's worked in the past for me. Uh, there's, there's plenty of people out there that, that are continuing to be my mentors, but yet haven't officially, uh, you know, uh, consummated that relationship there, uh, between the, between the, uh, two of us. So, um, I guess to finish up here, just, uh, as far as, uh, as far as you go, what, uh, and these are just kind of things that, uh, you know, obviously if you're, if you're uh, learning and, and continuing to get better, what, uh, what, what do you do? What's your morning routine look like as far as a leader? What, what, what gets you in the right frame of mind, um, to go into the organization and, and be who you need to be for your people? Well, before, I mean, at home, it's, um, you know, before I climb out of bed, it's three gratitudes, uh, time of prayer, drink a tall glass. Of, so I have a tall glass of water that I drink on the drive in. Um, once I get into work, um, I, no electronics. Um, and then I begin journaling. So I do a time of, of preparation and then a reflection as well. Um, you know, how did I do yesterday? You know, what areas could have I improved? And then I, then, you know, I, I spend some time in prayer as well here, praying for people in the organization um, and just reflection that, that uh, you know, that I'll act with humility and, and service uh, throughout my day. Um, walk around the building, um, say good morning to everybody. Uh, this morning, obviously it's, it's, you know, it's almost feels like a hundred degrees around here. So I'm out in the back parking lot. I'm thanking them for their hard work and their long hours. That's, for the most part, that's, that's what my first hour to hour and a half looks like every day. That's awesome. If you took anything from that, uh, and, um, the amount of gratitude that you show before 9 AM, uh, is remarkable. Um, and if you're a leader out there or someone who is looking to grow into a leadership role, um, start immediately, uh, showing gratitude for those, even if they're not people that you lead, um, just simply thanking them for helping you out or doing something, you know, courageous or whatever it is, um, appreciating those around you, uh, will make you a leader far faster than you ever thought. Um, and I think that that is a great tip, um, uh, to share and, and something for people to emulate 100%. All right. Last question here, Kent. We made it through. Um, it, what is your, um, right now, as it relates to leadership or, or you growing, what, what's kind of your current obsession? Is there a podcast, a book, a practice? What, what is it that uh, you're currently uh, really, uh, really liking as it, as it relates to leadership? Right now, my focus is learning to be a better trainer. So I'm, uh, I'm, I have the, the so I'm, I'm in the last few months, I've been blessed enough to step away from the day-to-day -day operations. I have an amazing uh, vice president of operations uh, that's doing a, a, a phenomenal job. So uh, right now, going back through the, the books that, we're, that I'm teaching. So ideal team player, I'm getting certified to teach crucial conversations. So I'm going back to, to our fundamentals and learning to be a, not a trainer, but a facilitator, um, which is really kind of the next step in my, uh, my leadership journey and my role at this company. Uh, so I'm learning a lot about training and teaching right now. That's awesome. That is a, uh, I think if there's one thing that I've uh, become more aware of is that I'm not a good trainer. 
it's a very, very interesting subject. I know uh, NextStar, which is an organization we're both, both a part of, has put a huge emphasis on you know uh, their their class training mastery uh, and, and different resources like that. But um, yeah, it all comes back to communication, right? And, and and that is what we talked about at the outset of this, um, and what continued to be a uh, a common theme throughout is communication, self awareness, and care, and really. Uh, digging in to, to understand what your people need, um, how to communicate with them to understand what it is, and then how you can can work with them to get better. Kent, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I know we talked about this, I think, last week, um, and you were like, hey, what do you need me to do? And, uh, you know, always so gracious with your time um, and sharing what I think is is one of my uh, mentors, uh, you know, philosophy on leadership and, and kind of your journey. And hopefully, uh, as I know you do every day when you go in, um, is, is impact um, someone out there that is on their leadership journey and, and looking to improve, this will hopefully be a great resource for them. So um, as we conclude, thank you again, Kent, for being part of the podcast. We're excited to, uh, we'll be excited to share this here uh, in, a, in a few weeks um, with people. As always, keep growing out there, keep getting better, keep learning. Every day is an opportunity to be a leader. Thank you. And until next time, we'll see you.